Hello. Sup, bitches? Where? This is Luminol Cocktail. This is Luminol Cocktail. <laughs> I'm heated right now. I just got done telling Lindsay about a dog fight that I witnessed at a dog park while I had my dogs there. And how annoyed I was at how everything was handled. And so, yeah, I'm, my energy level is quite high at the moment. The adrenaline is pumping. Yeah, I'm getting re pissed off at the situation. It's a thing. It happens. It definitely, definitely does. (laughs) How have you been? Aside from being annoyed right now, really good, actually. That is great. Yeah, so this might be a TMI, but it's been Shark Week. That's not great. So, like, that hasn't been ideal. (laughs) And I don't know, but, like, I got – I started having these cramps this week that I feel like I've never had before in my life. And it's, like – it feels like my insides are literally on fire. Hmm. Like. That's super fun. It's like I'll just be walking along and it's just like searing pain. I on. prefer the stabbing pain personally. That's my favorite. See, same <laughs> because I know how to handle that. I'm like, all right, we're going to de- take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. Breathing doesn't work for this pain. And it just kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. Hmm. I usually just sit upside down. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, like, I will lay, like, on a couch. Like, my back will be where your butt should be, and my legs will be in the air. And that makes my cramps go away. That's what you're supposed to do when you're trying to have a baby. Well, I'm not um, trying to have a baby. you have sex, you're supposed <laughs> to sit with your legs up. <laughs> uh, no. So that everything stays where it's but supposed to. But it helps to. my cramps while I complain that I want to remove all of my lady insides. Yeah, if there was a way you could just take them out and put them in a jar until you decide you want to use them, that'd be ideal. I have definitely desensitized my brother. I've said some very disgusting things about periods because he'd be like, just get over it. I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. What? So, yeah, my dad (laughs) didn't like to hear about it. And then one time I told him it felt like Satan had a hot fork and was scraping my insides with it. And he was like, oh, that is tough. And I was like, yeah. My dad didn't care. He grew up with uh, all sisters, just like my brother. So he had no problem having two daughters. Like, Yeah, no, my dad had all brothers. He could have had the whole period conversation with us. Yeah. A sex conversation. Like, he could have done – like, I'm pretty sure he, had, like, he went with us when we got, like, our training bras. Like, didn't uh-huh. care at all. Yeah, so – I was, just, I was doing the same for my brother. I was making sure he was prepared. Exactly. When he has a girlfriend, which now he has, he can buy her tampons and pads. There you go. That's important. It really is. I will say that. They're my first test in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> he had actually, um, because we do grocery shopping together mm-hmm. usually, and I bought like panty liners, which yeah. I don't, like, I don't buy frequently, because you don't really need to buy them frequently. No. Because there's, like, 500 to a pack. Yeah. And so, he was like, oh, are do you change the kind you like? Because that's not the kind you normally use. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, why are you asking me that? And he was like, because I care, and I want to be able to buy them for you if you need them. And it was just so sweet and pure. I just, I'm pretty sure Alex, because I don't think he, I don't think anyone's ever asked him to buy. Like, he doesn't care and he did it. But I remember him calling. He's like, okay, what brand? Uh There's a lot of options. Like, what are wings? Do you need those? Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Just get, like, a variety pack is cool. I don't care. Oh, no. I'm very particular. And so I was like, no, I want this, this, and this. And he's like, 
okay, that's what I'll do. <laughs> so, well, it was like, he was like, there, there are sizes, there are different letters. I'm like, yeah, there are. There, there's a lot of things. There's a variety of options. <laughs> let me let me teach you real fast on the phone here. <laughs> about a period. <laughs> let me tell you about so. life as a woman. Did you hear that feminine hygiene products are free in Scotland? No, but that makes a lot of sense. Right? I'm like, can I just move there? Women just like will do free bleeding. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> I would if it got me free feminine products. Well, there's that. I would I know, I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't. It's for the greater good, Tiffany. <laughs> I had a panic attack. I didn't have a panic attack because I'm on anxiety medications now. But I it's had hard a- to have one of those on meds. It's true. But I did have an oh shit moment mm-hmm. this week. Because, again, Shark Week. I am a child and sometimes I sit on my feet when I sit in a chair. Like, I'll pull one foot up and mm-hmm. sit on it. And I was at work. And since I work in a surgery center... Like, we have little surgical booties that we have to wear to cover our feet. Well, I didn't realize my booties were wet on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled my foot into the chair and was sitting on it. Didn't realize, because they weren't, like, sopping wet or anything like that, but they were damp. And then I got up and I walked across the treatment floor and I was like, my bottom feels wet where it shouldn't feel wet. And I was like, oh, no. Have I just had an accident? And now everybody's like, oh, Tiffany is on her period. Because our scrubs are light fucking blue. Like Mm -hmm. Grey's Anatomy, light blue. And I was like, all right. Now I have to walk. She means intern, light blue. Exactly. (laughs) Not attending. No. No. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, the bathroom is back across the treatment floor. So I was like, well. I guess if something's going on, everybody's already seen it anyway. I see like that. It was just water from my booty. The, um, that happened to me in like seventh grade. And I just really didn't care because I was in so much pain. I was like, yeah, this is what I get because Eve decided to eat a fucking apple. (laughs) Thank you. I don't care. Appreciate it, bro. (laughs) So it's blood. Oh, no. Oh, damn. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't care. Like, it's definitely happened before. There was a girl when I was in the cult and I was living on the compound. She got her period while she was wearing a skirt of mine. Oh, that's not, that's not cool. It was rude. I mean, I don't think it was her fault. I mean, it's not. (laughs) It was rude of the universe. Yeah. So, yeah, enough talk about periods, though. Honestly, if you can't handle talking about periods and diarrhea, then what are you doing listening to a true crime podcast? How are you going to hear about dismembering bodies it's true because i talk about that today <laughs> i didn't know that i was just referencing the <laughs> post that you posted on instagram a, a few uh posts ago yeah yeah where it's jim from the office making the face yeah like oh hmm, hmm. that's that well uh, thanks for unintentionally alluding <laughs> to things i'm gonna talk about today <laughs> okay i was like oh i guess you're familiar with your case with my case then uh no i'm looking at it right now and it's not ringing any bells fair enough uh, my week has been shit. We're not going to talk about it on the podcast. I, I I'm just letting everyone know where I'm at mentally. So that's why I didn't ask. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to not. The second that. half of the week has been a lot better. Um, and maybe somewhere down the line, we will all figure out what was wrong with me this week. Um, well, let's take a break and then we'll get into things. Yeah.
Are we coming back to the case file now? All right. We are back. Let's do our case file. Let's do it. Let me turn my computer back on because it fell asleep. Today, we are talking about mothers who kill. Which could mean. I love this segment. They are a biological mother. Mm -hmm. It could mean they're an adopted mother. Mm -hmm. It could mean they are a mother figure. Mm -hmm. Like an aunt, Mm -hmm. perhaps, who is raising them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really, it's women who identify as a mother who then kill people. Yep. (laughs) Usually they're children. Usually. Who are you talking about today? Uh, Today I am talking about Elisa Baker. Ooh. Yes. Still not ringing any bells. Should it be ringing bells? Probably not. Okay. Um, I'm talking about Sarah Henderson. I don't know who that is. That makes sense also. Excellent. (laughs) I love it. Okay. I like when we come back to like... Just kind of like... You don't know who this is. And you probably never will. (laughs) And that's what I enjoy. Honestly, that's been one of my favorite things about doing this podcast Mm -hmm. is... Like, there are popular cases that you'll hear about. Like, there are cases that I've heard, and they've been covered by, like, three or four different podcasts. We save those for the collabs. Exactly. hmm And every now and then, like, sure, we'll talk about one that, like, maybe has already been talked about by another podcast. Sure. We try not to do that, but, though. But, yeah, exactly. Like, we make we an effort. do make an active effort where it's, like, if I... I'm Especially like, oh. a recent one that's, like, if it's been covered recently. Right. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to talk about this thing. And then I'm like, oh, wait, there are five other podcasts that have an episode on this within, like, my first Google search. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So, yeah. 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 That, uh, that does make sense. I believe you get to read the quote today. Yes. So, uh, this week's quote is... We must not be surprised when we hear of murders, killings, of wars, or of hatred. If a mother can kill her own child, what is left but for us to kill each other? And that's by Mother Teresa. Watch, I'm just quoting, like, wrong people left and right. Whoops. (laughs) I'm like a white woman's Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I do my best, but sometimes I don't come back to it. Fair enough. To fact check. Take these face value. I don't know. What do you want me to do? I've only got so much time. (laughs) Um, We are drinking a blackberry and lemon gin and tonic. It's supposed to be a Meyer lemon, but those lemons are mighty expensive. Uh, Don't, if you have them, great. If you don't, just use a regular lemon. I was going to say, like, like, oh, what was it? Ina Garden. If you don't have homemade, then store-bought is fine. That's all my life is just store-bought. Yep. I will say that we should be on the up and up for drinks. We should be turning a corner. You know gin is not my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Gin and tonic just felt very like mothers who kill. I was good. That's why I went with Like, I try to make the drinks somewhat relevant, like the PB&J. That was because we were talking about children. Yes. We're going to see. All right. Waiting for her taste and her rate. Okay. Oh, we're, we're turned a corner. <laughs> we have turned a corner. I don't know. The corner started turning for me last week. Well, yeah, that's, that's we're, we're still in the process because there's obviously. There's a lot to come back from. 
<laughs> like, no. Like, we should be on the up and up from here. This is good. What would you rate it's, it? It's in it's, the realm of audacity. Audacity, as I was trying to say, of a okay. mediocre white man. Okay. Like, was this man written by a woman? This man. <laughs> this man is in the garden section at Lowe's. Oh, okay. But he's not intruding on what you're fucking trying to do. <laughs> I like that we have done to drinks what men have done to cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, he's just like, hey, and you can be like, Hey, as you like awkwardly pass each other because the aisle's just like a little bit too Like you could come back those. and ask him a question because he seems exactly. like he knows what he's doing. He definitely doing. looks like he knows what he's doing, but he's not trying to tell He's not going to mansplain how to garden. Exactly. He's just like, you're here. I'm here. Okay, I've had some whatever. really good luck with like this like plant feed. Right. <laughs> or like you're here and you're looking at something and he's walking by and he's like, hey, I actually bought that two weeks ago and it's doing great in my garden. So he has a picture to show. Only if you ask, though. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Oh, it is good. I like it. I enjoy it. It's actually missing an ingredient. It's missing mint. Oh, that's delicious. Yeah. It has blackberries, supposed to have mint leaves. Uh, one lemon. Um, I did a full ounce of simple syrup, and it's supposed to have four ounces of gin. I did three and a half, because Tiffany does not like gin. And then you top it off with some tonic water. It's crisp AF. I would drink this while I was worried you weren't going to be a fan, because I had to muddle the blackberries at the bottom, and I know you're not a fan of, like... I'm not a fan of stuff floating in my drinks, but I'm just pulling my straw up a little bit, so it's not in the crud at the bottom. I do like that it's made with, like, fresh blackberries versus... A juice or a syrup or something. like. I was going to say, like, that fucking razzleberry syrup or whatever it is. It's, like, Things could be better. But not great. Yeah. Uh, Ready for my fun fact? Yes, I'm so ready for the fun fact. (laughs) Okay. I love a fucking fun fact, okay? Today we're talking about the Meyer lemon. Yes, let's. Although we didn't use it, but that's okay. He's here in spirit. Yes. So Frank Meyer was an immigrant from Holland who loved plants. It's also really funny that you talked about a man who was at a garden center <laughs> now that I'm reading my fun yes. fact. Yes. So Frank Meyer was from Holland and he loved plants so deeply he would often name them and talk to them as friends, which actually there is a scientific study that does show if you talk to your plants positively, it does help them grow better. So Meyer was asked by the USDA's Office of Seed and Plant Introduction to travel to Shanghai in 1905. However, the real story begins in 1907, where Meyer spotted a bright yellow fruit hanging from a small tree in Beijing. It was sweeter than a lemon and more tart than an orange, and Meyer sent cuttings back to the U.S. So basically, he and he introduced the Meyer lemon mm-hmm. as it came to be and was first grown in California and then later in Florida and Texas. All right. Yeah, so that is just a little little bit about the Meyer lemons. Interesting. Yeah. Um, fun facts, man. I love a good fun fact. <laughs> Speaking of fun facts, would mm-hmm. you like to know another fun fact? I would love to know another fun fact. That's Absolutely. Like low-key me just, you know, pushing our shit. So if you guys don't want to hear about our Patreon, you can press the skip button. But I'd love it if you didn't. Because this fun fact is just that, like, our Patreon is officially a thing. In case you guys haven't realized that yet, 
and there are three different tiers. Be, be a little kind. Remember, we, we record ahead. We do record ahead. I'm just, this is okay. episode, I don't even know what, 11? So, this is episode 11. <laughs> okay, It's guys. not their fault yet. <laughs> they don't know yet. Let me tell you a story. We're talking in the future. Once upon a time, we recorded a lot of episodes in advance because I have some personal life things happening at the end of this year and I wanted to make sure we could keep producing content. Quality content nonetheless, too. Yes. And so now we've started our – the first episode of the season has posted officially. So now I'm yes. like, now everybody knows about Patreon. So I've gotten a little bit like – So she's yelling at you all in the future from a past experience. That, I don't know. We might have to edit all this out. <laughs> you weren't really. I was just saying. We, we, we are. This is coming much later. Anyways, so. I've had like three different people tell me the importance of not leaving our information at the just the end of the episode. Absolutely. So. It's really all their fault. So Any good YouTuber will let you know you don't do that. Yes. (laughs) More information, our Patreon is linked on our Instagram. It's also available on our Facebook and our website. There are three different levels. There is the $3 per month level, which is the important butt prints. The $5 level, which is the cake mailers. And the $10 level, which is the informed bitches, which... Includes a luminol cocktail, shot glass, very limited edition. Maybe. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. But It feels a little limited edition right now. <laughs> it, it seems very limited at this moment. But yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think. So this week, you should be proud of me. I am taking us out of America. Oh my goodness. I'm taking us back. So <laughs> it's okay. I take us back too. Okay. <laughs> this is... This is a lot. Um, do we need to warn anybody? You did mention some dismembering. So do I need to, in the show notes, include where yours ends and mine's begins? Maybe. Do you think it's gruesome enough that it warrants that? No. Okay. Well, y'all are on your own then. I ain't doing that extra no, work if I don't need to. About the murder of a child. So if that's triggering, Guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is also sexual abuse of a child. It really feels like we did two episodes of child murderers but uh, it'd be fine we didn't mean to (laughs) it'd be fine it'd be like that sometimes Mm, it is different content so zara baker was eight months old when her mother abandoned her with her father and wagga wagga australia i'm sure i'm butchering it but i'm doing my best and that's what the google pronunciation guide said sounds great so here we are Shortly after her mother left, her father moved the two of them to Giroux to be close to his mother, Karen, so that she could help him with Zara. Karen watched Zara basically every day while her father, his name was Adam, worked in a mill. So they kind of had, like, a different family structure, but it worked for them. Sure. Zara had a pretty regular childhood until 2005 when she was six years old. It was at this time she was diagnosed with an aggressive bone cancer, Mm. which was localized to her left leg. Due to this, doctors chose to do an above-the-knee amputation in hopes that it would be curative. Of course, when you think about having to amputate the leg of a child who's just getting started in life, it sounds fucking awful. But Zara had the best possible attitude when it came to this. Um, At one point, she was actually speaking to an adult about it, and they were like, it's They were kind of trying to console her, but she could tell that they were upset about it. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's okay because I'm going to get a Barbie leg. 
Oh. So, like, it's probably the cutest way I've ever heard a prosthetic leg Absolutely. be described. But, yeah, she was like, whatever. Also, kids are just, they bounce back a lot quicker from so, things like this. So, resilient. There's not, yeah, their, like, brain hasn't been completely, like, hardwired in a certain way. Yeah. So, that is, that's good, I yes. guess. That's a positive. <laughs> that is a silver lining. I guess. <laughs> Following the amputation, unfortunately, it was discovered that Zara's cancer had metastasized to other areas of her no! body, including her lungs. Oh. Yeah. Lung transplant. <laughs> Where's Meredith Grey? Right? <laughs> Where's Christina Yang? Well, that's true. But I know they just, like, Meredith just yeah. did a lung transplant, like, the last episode. That's Meredith why I thought of it. everything now. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> So Zara was taken to the Royal Brisbane Children's Hospital for aggressive chemotherapy treatments, which were successful, but Zara did suffer hearing loss as a side effect of these therapies in the cancer. This hearing loss meant she had to wear hearing aids in both ears, but much like the loss of her leg, she did not let it slow her down at all. She was just as outgoing and bubbly as before and was just kind of all around, sounded like a great positive kid. Mm -hmm. Once she was deemed to be stabilized medically, Adam decided he was ready for a fresh start. And so he just... Refresher. Adam is... Her dad. Okay. He was like, fresh start. He starts chatting with people online. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you just looked like you had something to say. Well, so I was, I was like, like, I'm gonna wait a minute. I was gonna say something, but like, I'd rather just hear how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> Before I chime in with anything. Yeah. Now, to give a little more background information on Adam, mm -hmm. like I said, Zara's mother had left them pretty soon after she was born due to postpartum depression. Mm. She had signed away all legal rights to Zara. And because of this, Adam was kind of like, you don't deserve to be in her life and so even okay. yeah so even later on in life she was like i have all my shit together i want to be involved in her life he was like no that's not it's not very nice yeah especially because postpartum is yeah tricky business yeah so rather than you know starting anything back with zara's mom or even were they married that is unclear okay I've heard a couple, or I read a couple reports where it was like, yes, they got a divorce and this, and then other ones that said they just split up, and I'm like, I don't, that's a little vague for me. So. Gotcha. Well, he's trying to start this new chapter of his life, and he met a woman named Elisa Fairchild online. What a name. Mm -hmm. Elisa described herself online as a 40-something gothic fairy. She and Adam began chatting, as mm -hmm. all online relationships begin. And she told him stories of her previous career as a police officer, where she was shot in the line of duty. After being unable to continue in her police career, she became a bounty hunter as a means to pay the bills. Okay. Their relationship grew from friendship and kind of blossomed into something more as they do. And they became much more involved emotionally, mm. to the point that Elisa was telling her friends that Adam was her soulmate. And by all accounts, Adam was on the same page. He was head over heels for her. After their transoceanic relationship really took hold, it wasn't too long before Adam and Elisa began talking about just taking the next step together. Mm -hmm. 
They wanted to be on the same continent and have a family together. And Zara had, like I said, been officially cleared medically, so Adam thought it might be a good idea to just pack up and move to America for them to have a fully clean slate. I would have rather moved to Australia, personally. Fucking right. But, you know, to each their own. In 2008, Adam and Zara Baker moved to Hickory, North Carolina. Okay. Sorry, I just realized where this is going. <laughs> so. Just now? You just realized where this yeah, is going? Yeah, I did. I just really put all the pieces, like, all the yeah. components. Yeah. This is fun. Shortly after they moved there, Adam and Elisa were married, and then Zara was enrolled in public school. Mm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Zara's public school career would be very short-lived. She began showing up to school with mysterious bruises that didn't have reasonable excuses. Yikes. Eventually, someone made a report that Zara was being abused at home, so social services got involved. Yep. Public yeah. school's good for one thing, I will say. Yeah. Well, her parents were like, no, we are not abusing her. And people saying that we are is causing us too much of a headache. So we're pulling her from school. Yep. We're going to homeschool her instead. So at this point, the events of Zara's life become unclear. The story we're told is that she continued to be homeschooled, but there's no actual proof that she was continuing her coursework can i ask how do you prove that because you were homeschooled so what do you do do you like do like online classes or like does your mom like submit your schoolwork so now there are online classes but whenever i was doing it when i was homeschooled it was like i mean obviously the internet was around but yeah i know that (laughs) used to the extent like we had a dial-up connection and so did you have to like submit stuff to okay because i don't know i went to public school my entire life yeah so there are different laws in like different states but like the state of south carolina yeah you have to be a member of an organization of some sort that is state accredited Mm -hmm. and each one of those have like different roadmaps for how you can get it done but essentially what my mom had to do was like we did our schoolwork in our course notebooks or like textbooks or whatever we had and then she just had to record our grades send those in and at any time they can audit you and be like okay you say they're doing the work show us okay um and then we also had to take the same standardized tests every year that every kid in school does Mm -hmm. so there are a few different checks and balances in that okay so, so. so there should have been some kind of track that this kid was actually absolutely okay that's what I want. I was curious how that works. Absolutely. Unfortunately, in the early 2000s, I yeah. mean, it was still, you could probably fake it to an extent, but her not having standardized testing scores should have been a red flag. Right. Or maybe she did, and those were also fake, false. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We don't really know what happens to Zara until October 9th of 2010. Mm-hmm. That morning, around 5.30, Elisa Baker called 911. There was a fire burning on their property, and she was like, I don't know. I just woke up. There's this fire burning. I need someone to come put it out. When the fire was responded to, police came as well. Mm-hmm. They found a small fire burning, 
And on an inspection of the property to try and figure out what, you know, started the fire, they noticed there was a strong smell of gas from the silver Tahoe that was parked out front. Inside the car, which was unlocked, they noticed a piece of paper which read, quote, Mr. Coffee, you like being in control. Now who's in control? We have your daughter and your pot-smoking red-headed son is next unless you do what's asked. A million dollars unmarked. We will be in touch soon. The words no cops was written at both the top and bottom of the paper as well. Mm-hmm. The investigators did nothing with that information, which feels weird to me. Okay. No follow-up. Not sure. Until 2 p.m. that afternoon. Why not? a couple hours yeah so the only reason anything got done with it is because at 2 p.m adam baker called 911 asking for help locating his daughter zara they hadn't been able to find her all day and had found a note in his tahoe talking about kidnapping the daughter of mr coffee which was the man who owned the property they lived on They were worried that whoever planned to kidnap Mr. Coffee's daughter had mistakenly kidnapped Zara instead. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) An Amber Alert was pretty quickly issued, Mm -hmm. and sniffing dogs were brought out to the property. The dogs signaled on both the Tahoe and another vehicle that was present, a Toyota Camry. The signal that they alerted their handlers to was meant to indicate there was evidence of human remains present Mm -hmm. on both vehicles. So both of the cars were impounded for future processing. Mm -hmm. So as they should have finally, they decided to question Elisa more in depth about the events of the ninth. She claimed that she, Adam and Zara had gone to Oktoberfest on October 8th and had returned home no later than 9 p.m. She said she woke around 2.30 a.m. and checked on Zara, who was asleep in her bed, and then went back to sleep before waking again at 5.20 when she noticed the fire in their yard and called 911. Mm -hmm. Luckily, they had the sense to question Adam separately. He explained that he hadn't seen Zara since October 6th. Okay. Which is like, how the fuck do you not see your child for like three days? What was his job? And also... Did he work nights or was he like a truck driver? So in Australia, he was a mill worker. So he found similar work. So it could have been like... Okay, I guess hours, yeah. But also, either way, like one of you guys is lying because she said they went to Oktoberfest together as a family. yeah. And he... I was just... Because I was like, well, that doesn't make sense unless like... You do work, like, a completely different shift than your kids yeah. are, like, actually awake and, like, being, existing. Yes. <laughs> so. But still, like, you don't want to peek your head in and yeah, I don't look know. at them while I don't you're know. in bed or something. I don't know about all that. That seems a little weird. But Yeah. Red hmm. flags. Yeah, obviously. I would have been the red flag when they fucking found the note in the Tahoe right? or whatever. Right. But No. Let's ignore that. And then, like, like they saw that before the parents did. Right. That would have been a red flag for me. Right. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of red flags. A lot of things happening here it's that okay, are though. great. I'm not an investigator. Well. What do I know? <laughs> what do we know? <laughs> so, while this is going on, Elisa Baker mm-hmm. is still sitting around and she's like, you know what? 
I bet the fire was a distraction for whoever was going to kidnap Zara. And police are like, okay, bitch, why are you lying, though? Like, why are you trying to put this theory in front of us, number Mm -hmm. one, as if we wouldn't have already thought of that ourselves? Mm -hmm. And number two, either you or your husband are lying Mm -hmm. about the order of events. Yeah. But why do you keep trying to put information in front of us? That's weird. And theories. Yeah. So by October 11th, Adam Baker got an appearance on Good Morning America. Okay. To plead for the return of his daughter. He was like, Bold. we're pretty sure she's been kidnapped. <laughs> Did we police agree with Can this? Someone... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, every account that I read was like, they're... By the 11th, they were still trying to be like, yes, we're going to do everything we can to recover her alive. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. But by the next day, October 12th, they were kind of like, we don't think she's coming back alive. Do you have those, like, what, 72 hours? Yep. That's about it? Yep. So it was also on October 12th that... After intense questioning, Elisa revealed that she was the one that wrote the note that police found. And she was arrested for obstruction of justice. So two days later, Mm -hmm. on October 14th, an unnamed informant came forward, someone from the neighborhood, and claimed that they knew that Zara had been around at least a few days ago because she had been sexually assaulted. Oh, Supposedly, an unnamed man had been left alone with her, and when her mother returned, so when Elisa returned, she had blood on her private parts and between her thighs. The informant claimed that the mother, like I said, was Elisa Baker, and that she had some kind of relationship with this unnamed man. Supposedly, after the assault, they hit... Zara over the head. Although this man, this unnamed man, not the informant, but the guy the informant talked to was like, yeah, I hit the little girl over the head, but I didn't kill her. She was alive. Which is like a lot. It's a lot of he said, she said. I would not like to be that neighbor, personally. No. <laughs> just out there watering my rose bushes. Yeah, like, just, oh, fuck, man. I did not. I was not. Tell you. <laughs> And honestly, because of all the he said, she said, at first police were like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then they went to the house that the informant said all of this had happened on. So is this a different neighborhood or like the one that they lived in? This is the one they lived in. Okay. They found a house. And I don't think it was like an actual incorporated neighborhood. Yeah. But like, you know how it is. It'll be like a few streets and people kind of live closest to each other, Mm -hmm. but not. Yeah. They did find the house that this supposedly happened in, and in one of the rooms, they did find a mattress that had a huge blood stain on it. So, they took that, and we're like, mm, evidence. Let's see what keeps turning up. Finally, at this point, the police are taking a closer look into Elisa Baker. They learned that she had been married six times previously, with most of the marriages overlapping with each other. So she was a serial cheater. She had actually even still been married to somebody else when she got married to Adam. 
they also learned that she was incredibly physically abusive to Zara. Wow. Yeah. You don't would have say. Sunk it. Mm-hmm. She would hit her so hard that one time she had a swollen hand for, like, multiple days afterwards because she was trying to hit Zara and she accidentally hit her prosthetic leg and, like, fucked her hand up. Would- and multiple people saw it. Yeah. And when the police were like, did you ever notice that she had... And they were like, yeah, actually, that did happen. Everybody had a different story because she was like, oh, I slammed it in a door on accident. Oh, this happened. That happened. Whatever. That's the thing. When you lie, it gets hard to keep track of your lies Mm because it's not the truth. Yep. So as her background continued to unravel, Elisa acted like she was cooperating with the investigators more, which led people to assume she was getting a plea deal, which the government was like, fuck, no, we are not giving her any kind of plea deal. Good. We're just taking the information that she gives us. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was in her cooperating that she led investigators to previous places they'd lived, and at one of the houses, they found Zara's prosthetic leg. Eventually, Elisa revealed the address of a house and told them that if they checked the plumbing out of the bathtub, they'd find evidence of Zara's death. She revealed that they had murdered Zara and then dismembered her body in this bathtub, washed away whatever they could down the drain, And then just put body parts in different places all over. And that's what she did. And she basically took them on a tour. And she was kind of using it as a way to get out of jail. Holy, they don't give her Spend the day out to show them. Because she's like, well, I'm not going to tell you where it's at. Oh, so she's like that monster that I covered in Russia. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So she would take the day. And she'd be like, oh, this house, blah, 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 blah. So she's going around different houses and like, yeah. The fuck does this kid's dad have to say about this? Fucking right. (laughs) Talk about fucked up. So in February of 2011, it was ruled that Zara Baker had died of undetermined homicidal violence. And charges were, of course, levied against Elisa Baker for second degree murder. On September 15th, 2011, Elisa Baker was charged with that second-degree murder of Zara Baker and was sentenced to 18 years in prison, which doesn't feel like enough to me, especially since now she is super open about her involvement. She will talk to anyone about anything. She has been writing letters, communicating with people who have podcasts, communicating with people who have blogs, web pages, anything. Do they respond? So, Elisa, like I said, is very clear that, yeah, she definitely murdered this girl. She definitely dismembered her. She definitely hit the body. Why the change in, like, lying to being honest? I don't know. Well, I think she probably knew that she wasn't going to get away with it. So a bit of fame. probably, like, maybe if I just am honest as hell about it. I'm going to get off with a lighter sentence. Yeah, but it sounds like Or maybe I'll get some sympathy or whatever. Like, she's honest, yeah, but it sounds like she's, like, manipulative about it. Yeah, and, like, almost like, oh, this is a sensation. Like, I'm going to get some fame from being this woman who did this to a child. She is also not quiet about Adam's involvement. She says that he is the, you know one of the motivating factors and everything, and he took part just as much as she did. 
with her, the guy that she was cheating on him with. Right. Mm, that makes sense. Right. And there has been no evidence yeah. that has linked him with the death of his daughter. Like, they're like, hey, bro, you probably should have watched your daughter a little better. You probably should have gotten her out of this abusive situation. Did he know? It is unclear, but other people that have come forward, like people from school, are like, she was, she had mad bruises on yeah. her body. You don't not see those. No, I guess you don't, but I guess you probably also don't think the worst about exactly this coming from, like, your house that you've established. He, he had also built up such an unrealistic, oh, yeah, like, ideology surrounding Lisa. She was never a police officer. Mm-hmm. She was never a bounty hunter. That's quite the story. Yeah. She just can... She's just a liar. Yeah. She just lies about everything. Mm. And so... She sounds like a narcissist. 100%. All of that being said, there's zero evidence to back up Adam being involved in it. Well, that's nice to know, at least. Yeah. Zara's birth mother has come forward and basically is just like... (sighs) That's a tough one. Fuck this woman and everything she stands for. Yeah. She should never be allowed out of prison. She had actually apparently just gotten reconnected with Zara because Zara was finally getting old enough that she could, could have an opinion and make her own decisions. Mm -hmm. And so she had just reconnected with her birth mother. And So, I'm sorry, Rufas, what did Lisa end up getting? 18 years. 18 years, and that's that's it? After 18 years, she's out? Free to go? North Carolina. Doing things. <laughs> not going to say they're doing their best because that's not very good. Uh, there's so many for things here that are problematic. Really murdering and dismembering a child. That, and then using that's a problem, the obviously. pieces of their body as the end of a terrible scavenger hunt so that you can get days out of jail. Yes. Uh, also, the... The piece of paper that was right. ignored, like the actual, I mean, like, there's so, a lot of, there's like, right. She was also child protective services. You yes. can take kids away out of a home. Yes. She was also, charges were put against her for obstruction of justice. Yeah. And also bigamy for her history of overlapping marriages. That's not important to but, me. Exactly. I don't give but a those shit about that. are not really consequential. No. When you think about the amount of, like, obstruction of justice, yes. But still, like, it's not going to add enough time to an 18-year sentence for me to even think it's enough or close to enough. We, we stand by the death penalty here at this podcast. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> Ian was talking about it the other day. He was like, there are some things that should just be automatic. This is why I love being from Florida occasionally. <laughs> We put people down. <laughs> like, I just... It has nothing to even do with revenge. It's not an eye for an eye. No. It's just, I don't feel the need to keep someone alive that is like this. That is this kind of monster. Exactly. We get nothing from them. It's... Exactly. It's just a bigger problem. Well, and that was kind of my point, because he's like, there is the argument for rehabilitation. I was like, yes. This is not someone you do that with. Right. Well, I was like, there's a reason why, like... Uh-huh. It's like the debate of behavioral euthanasia in vet med. Uh-huh. They're like, you can always train them. You can do this. You can do that. You can do all this stuff. And it's like, yes, you can and you can make certain animals okay in certain situations. 
But number one, you're never able to trust them because Mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because once their behavior has been conditioned to a certain way through their whole life. Yeah. It takes a whole lifetime to undo it. You're not going to undo it so, in six easy training sessions th- or six easy therapy sessions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What do you think is the, I guess, offense cutoff as being rehabilitated? Like, what violent offense can you commit that you could be rehabilitated for? What violent offense? Okay. Like, we're talking about violent. Because, like... Like the drugs, robbery. I don't care about that. We're talking about. I was like, going to say violent. like armed robbery. Like yeah, sure. Anyone can be if the systems were set up that way. Obviously, you could right. be. But I'm talking about violent because I feel like there's like another element there. Yeah. Hi. Who? Is mean, there one? I think violence against another adult. Like so, like just an assault. Right, like or attack, if you like whatever. get in a fight, okay, with someone, but like sexual assault, assault against children. I'm just saying, like <laughs> anything, anytime, like a child is violently assaulted or sexually assaulted, that's immediate death penalty for me. That's fair. Just immediate death. That's why I'm asking. I just, I, I, we've touched on it before briefly, but you murder someone, not as a crime of passion. Not in okay, self-defense. Okay, I guess the crime of passion, you could be rehabilitated. Yes. Absolutely. I think you can be rehabilitated and say, this is how we appropriately manage yeah. <laughs> our impulses. Yes. That one makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. How about you? Um, uh, yes. Um, I, at this present time, I agree with majority of it. I would like to think that there are certain things of, like, like the being a pedophile. Mm-hmm. I think, depending on the extent of it, you, you might be able to be mm-hmm. rehabilitated. But there is a certain point where, like you've said before, it takes a lifetime to right. undo things. Right. Um, I think if you kill somebody, that's... That's it. Like, you, I don't think you could be rehabilitated like from said. being a murderer. Right. Well, and one specific example that I had when we talked about it the other day was, you know, the situation where there's that dad in Texas who basically went viral because his, like, five-year-old daughter had been raped mm-hmm. by a grown man. And she told her mm-hmm. parents and the dad was like, fuck this, I'm not calling the cops, I'm gonna go deal with it myself. So he went over to this guy's house, Yeah, made his wife and his kids, because he had a wife and kids, made them go upstairs, and was like, did you do this? And then I've seen a report where the guy was like, oh no, never, but then like eventually confessed to it, and then I saw another thing where they're like, oh, he said that, well, she, she asked for that. And then the dad killed him. And dad got zero jail time. I mean. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay with that. Because there were other fathers there and other parents there who were like, "Uh, yeah, since all this, we've talked to our kids about it and found out he had also sexually assaulted numerous other children. Yeah, like that, I don't feel like you can be rehabilitated. 
And I'm talking about no. like like when we're talking about like ch- right child like right no. murdering yeah. or like assault. I feel like children could be rehabilitated a bit better yes. if it actually was set up yes. that way. But. Oh no, my point was that like the dad who killed him got new time. Well, yeah, and no, and like the- he got. I think he got like court ordered therapy. Which is reasonable, completely appropriate, <laughs> and which is unfortunate. He got no actual jail time. I I think it's wrong to take justice into your own hands, but when the justice system doesn't actually serve justice the way that it should, exactly, you have no other reason. Like you have nothing else holding you back from right from serving what you think is necessary. I mean, right. I, so, but yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. I'm excited to hear your case and finish this delicious drink. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, I'm talking about Sarah Henderson, and this is in the States. I've come back finally from my long vacation. Uh Uh, Not forever, though. I'm leaving next week. Great. (laughs) Um, But we are in Texas for this one. So, around 11.30 p.m. on November 2nd, 2017... An ambulance had been called to the Henderson residence due to 29-year-old Sarah Henderson exhibiting odd behaviors that alarmed her husband, Jacob Henderson. Jacob explained in a calm voice, I want to get somebody out here to check my wife out. Continuing that she was freaking out like somebody is out to get her. I've included the 911 phone call in the blog post if, the blog post if you're interested to hear it, just because it's good to hear like exactly what's being said. It's not like mm-hmm. he said, she said stuff. And it it does seem a little alarming, but seven minutes after placing the call, Jacob calls again to explain that things have settled down and there's no reason for their services anymore. Of course, the Henderson County Sheriff's deputies continue to the Henderson's like residence because yes. they're supposed to, obviously, to perform a security check just to make sure there isn't like an abusive situation going on and to make sure everyone, like no one was in danger. When they got there at 11... 45 p.m., they checked with both Jacob and Sarah and were reassured that everything was fine, no one was in danger, they didn't need any services, and so they left. This was not the first time that officers had been dispatched to the Henderson home. In 2015, officers reported to the Henderson's home after a verbal disturbance concern was called in by a neighbor. When police arrived, they found Sarah standing in her yard while arguing on the phone with someone else and left because that's, there's no one there, you know. Right. Child Protective Services confirmed it had been in contact with Sarah regarding a 2010 case involving an older boy. According to the CPS report, Sarah and her then-boyfriend had not been providing adequate care for the child, putting him in a state of considerable or extreme vulnerability. Social workers determined that the boyfriend had been sexually abusing the child. They had also made note that the boy had previously fallen off a truck, consumed feces, and have been hospitalized after possibly ingesting medication. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. The child eventually went to live with his father while Sarah sought counseling and parenting classes. They were obviously mandated. Yeah. (laughs) I Um, would say so. Right. However, she went on to have two more kids. Right. Two two girls. Uh, I believe all with different men. According to a neighbor of the Henderson family, Jalen Palmer claims that she often witnessed Sarah mistreat both Kaylee and Kenley in the past. Jalen describes Sarah as yelling at the young girls using terrible language, like, probably not the best thing to be doing. Yeah. 
Of course, this does not incriminate Sarah, but it does reveal a history of possible mistreatment of children, both with her daughters and her son. Jacob placed a frantic call later on November 2nd, around 2.20 in the morning, saying both of his daughters, Kaylee and Kenley, were dead. Now, they weren't his biological daughters, but he was there, married to Sarah and raising them. Right. Just, like I said, because, like, she, I believe, had, like, they were all half-siblings. Yeah. In the background of the phone call, Sarah can be heard saying she was going to hell for what she'd done, begging Jacob to shoot and kill her. Sarah had shot and killed her two daughters, aged five and seven. Sarah then attempted to shoot Jacob while he slept. However, the gun malfunctioned, and when Jacob woke up, he took the gun from Sarah before calling 911. Yeah. Sarah was charged with one count of capital murder while another capital murder charge was pending because when you, I believe in Texas, if you kill someone under the age of 12, it's automatically a um, capital murder mm-hmm. offense. She was arraigned with a bail set at $2 million and was placed under suicide watch in jail because she had been trying to, like, commit suicide while, like, Jacob was on the phone with 911. Obviously, she was, like, hitting herself, begging for him to kill her, yeah. like, all this stuff. The punishment for capital murder in Texas is life in prison or the death penalty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Henderson County Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse said that Sarah showed no remorse or much emotion when she confessed to the murders of Kaylee and Kenley, remaining composure while stating the details as just matter of fact during her interview with police. Of course, once Sarah was arrested, she quickly confessed this entire thing, that she was the murderer and why she did it. According to Sarah, she killed her daughters because she was going crazy with financial stress and had just gotten caught up in, quote, everyday life. Ah, yes. When I get caught up in everyday life, I also think about murdering children. Said Especially no my own children. <laughs> like, what? Said no reasonable person. Sarah's mother, Teresa Brown, claims that Sarah had been struggling with her bipolar disorder and had reached out to loved ones in recent weeks to ask for help during the difficult time. Investigators announced shortly after her arrest that Sarah had been planning to murder her entire family for at least two weeks. Fuck. Which, that's a lot of, like, contrasting ideas. (laughs) Yeah, this seems chaotic. A little bit. District Attorney Mark Hall filed notice that the state would seek the death penalty unless Sarah's mental condition or any other circumstances could be used to prevent this sentencing. In that case, they would only seek life without parole. Sarah was declared mentally competent to proceed to trial in August 2018. However, court-appointed psychologists were split one-to-one on whether or not she was sane. As such, Sarah and her defense attorney would claim insanity as a defense, though. Great. Mm, It's fine. Uh (laughs) Um, Yes. Sarah Henderson accepted a plea deal from the state to avoid the death penalty. Fuck him. She was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole after she pled guilty to fatally shooting her daughters. She was facing two counts of capital murder of a person under 10 years old, one count of attempted murder and one count of assault on a public servant because, I guess, two days after she was arrested, she hit a officer while they were um, undoing her restraints. The other charges were dropped in agreement to uh, Sarah pleading guilty, so it was just the, the capital murder, basically. The two life sentences will run... Uh, co-currently. No! Uh, yep. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter that much, but it, it does. Because it's... Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> because a life sentence only means you have to spend 25 years behind bars before you can be eligible for parole. Well, she doesn't get parole, remember? She's serving life without parole. Excellent. So. Okay. 
Yes. Never mind. Now, I... I, I still, do yeah. not make them concurrent. <laughs> make the point clear. <laughs> I obviously had some problems with this. However, her husband, Jacob, explained to the district attorney that he wanted Sarah to spend her life in prison instead of receiving the death penalty, which is why he offered Sarah that deal. He was listening to the family, basically, which I can't fault anyone for doing. I mean, no, but, like, damn. Yeah. The courtroom that led to Sarah's life sentence was filled with family members adorned with pink buttons with the faces of Kaylee and Kenley on them asking for justice. A family member stood for a victim impact statement and explained that a loss like this doesn't heal with time and that their family is broken. According to neighbors, the girls rode their bikes around and often drew pictures to leave in their mailboxes as a surprise. Aw, that's adorable. Kaylee and Kenley were sweet children with bright futures, and it's obviously upsetting that at five and seven years old, all of their opportunities, dreams, and wishes were snuffed out by their mentally ill mother. God. And uh, that is Sarah Henderson. Henderson, yeah. You got it the first time. I did. (laughs) I thought I said it wrong, and I was like, no, that's correct. No. No, I was right, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, so. That's terrible. Uh, Welcome to Luminol Cocktail. (laughs) We only talk about terrible things. It's true. Yeah, I think any time a child is murdered, it's just an extra layer of sadness because you don't know the person they were going to be or what they were going to do. They they had no options, no opportunities. Yeah. And to be taken away by a parent also. The person who's supposed to love you most in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Although we all know that that's not usually the case. Not usually the case. That's not the case <laughs> Quite in <cynical>. many <laughs> scenarios. No. Um, we have talked about on the podcast how we have both been very difficult children. Yes. Uh, that us in com- combined with our siblings have been difficult children. Yes. I am pretty sure my parents and your parents probably never considered getting rid of us in the form of murder. No. No. Um, so... My no. parents would joke that if I got kidnapped, I'd be returned very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's just, obviously, it's hard when parents kill their children. I just, it is challenging to try and wrap your head around it. it is, That's like, yeah. I almost didn't do the case that I covered because people were like, well, you know, like online when people were talking about it, it's like, well, it's different because it's not her kid. Mm. And I'm like, no. But it is her kid. Yeah. Because when you get romantically involved with someone who already has kids, their kids are your kids. Absolutely. That's what it is. Yeah. Whether or not that's how you view it, that's literally what it is. And if that's not how you view it, then you don't need to be involving yourself. I mean, yeah. Like, children. in my case, the husband was not the biological father of any of the children, right. but he loved was... those two girls as if they were his and exactly. he was supporting they them. they were his girls. Yes, exactly. So, I mean... Yeah. If you're a genuine, good-hearted person, right. you will view those children as your own without right. DNA. Exactly. So I don't think that's a valid argument. No. I think you're just a monster at the end of the I day. I was going to say, either way, you're fucked up. Obviously, in my case, there's a uh, element of mental illness, but I, it doesn't excuse it. I definitely think there is mental illness in the one that I covered. Well, yeah, I just there wasn't... There's no diagnosis there, so... No diagnosis (laughs) other than pathological liar. Yes, obviously they both... I mean, that kind of feels the case with any 
a lot of the murders. Yes. But it's not an excuse to me. Absolutely and, not. Like, her mother saying, like, oh, Sarah reached out to loved ones. But at the same time, while she was still planning to murder her family for two weeks. Right. Interesting. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I have my doubts, but anyways. Exactly. Yeah, same. <laughs> so, yeah. Those are our cases for this week. <laughs> Have fun with those. I'll let you marinate on that while we move over to our uh, weekly verdicts. Mm -hmm. My weekly verdict mm -hmm. for this week is that I got a manicure and a pedicure this morning. That's what I'm excited about this week. Small wins. Small wins. You need those sometimes. Well, you I need them a lot, honestly. <laughs> it's just, it's self-care at the end it of the is. day. I mean, who cares? <laughs> That's the thing. For a long time, and I may have already talked about it on the podcast, but, like, I started getting my nails done, and then I was like, I should save my money and not do this because it's, like, 50 bucks every three weeks to get my nails done and keep up with them. And so I stopped getting them done. Yeah, and then you felt bad. And then I just felt bad. And I was like. Because you're a clean person. I am a clean person. I wasn't raised in filth, so I like to, you know, make sure that everybody is aware that I'm a clean person and I like to be neat and tidy. <laughs> and when my nails are not neat and tidy, when my hair is gross, like, all those things, it's like, I need to, I need to rectify the situation. So, that's what I'm excited about. I've had hobo toes for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I, I feel fresh and clean. Pedicure is always, like, tickled, though. It makes it really difficult because I'm like, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Listen, I have <laughs> never been tickled by a pedicure until this morning because Ugh. she was using, like, this different kind of scrub brush the, yeah, and getting right in the arch of my foot stop. and spending way too much time there. I'm like, man, that's not where the dead dry skin is, okay? Just move on to the heel, okay? <laughs> yes. That's where the crust is at. <laughs> exactly. Like, there is no need for this to be um, tickly time. No. No, let's move on, please. <laughs> um, I don't have a weekly verdict. <laughs> yes, you do. Sure, I'll lie. <laughs> I have a weekly verdict for you. What? Your weekly verdict is that you are in a healthy relationship where you can talk through your problems. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to use it just in case things in the future go bad. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You can edit that out. <laughs> um, you're not wrong, though. I mean... I, I'll just explain very quickly. Uh, me and Alex had a really tough go of it when we got back from our vacation to Florida. And it definitely had put a strain on our relationship. But Tiffany's not wrong. We both are mature people. Of course I'm not wrong. Who can have conversations about things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And that's about as far as a weekly verdict as I'm probably gonna get. <laughs> so, um, oh, I'm on I'm on break from school. That's a good one. There we go. I don't have to there do school for another week. I've been off for like two weeks. That's exciting. Yeah. All right. So on to our first responders unit. Mm -hmm. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Luminol Cocktail Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Luminol Cocktail Podcast. And you can find us on our website, which is luminolcocktail.com. Again, you can find our Patreon information there. You can see the links to all the different places to listen to us. You can also see pictures of each drink 
if you decide you want to drink along with us and try out the drink from this week, super yummy. Highly recommend this Maybe one. the first nine skip, but... <laughs> Perhaps, yes. <laughs> Unless you're into those so flavors. So the very first drink... The first one was good. good. The first one was good. Then maybe skip a few. And then circle back to 99, me. 99, 100. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And we will be back next week to serve you guys another round of Luminol Cocktails.